Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big news to start the show. Dave Richard has a new number one tight end for 2019. Yeah, Dave. I do? Yeah, you just set it off the air. Well, it depends on how many fantasy points you get for age and for bad speaking on football. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Leave Jason Witten alone. Yeah, oh, that's right. He's your boy. He's a, I'm going to miss him on Monday Night Football. I certainly well, he, am. He'll probably play on Monday nights a there couple of times <laughs> this year. So you'll see him again. Well, that is not the biggest news we have today. and That's not the only voice you're going to hear today. Laughing in the background at our shenanigans, <laughs> Jacob Gibbs of Sportsline. What's up, Jacob? Thanks for coming on, man. What's up, Adam? Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk some football. Never too early. Yeah, never. And, uh, you know, it's a good time to talk it, too, because the Combine is happening, and there's a lot of news coming out of uh, conversations with GMs and coaches. So we will certainly get to that. Jamie will be back next week from the Combine, so we'll certainly get to more of that. When he's back, but Jacob is a Sportsline contributor. What do you do for Sportsline, sir? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm doing mainly NBA stuff right now, but obviously during the NFL season, I'm super busy. Um, and then I do some some NFL offseason stuff as well. But contributing to Sportsline, uh, mainly the DFS stuff over there. If you're playing DraftKings or FanDuel, you can find me and Mike uh, working over there, putting up our, our lineups each night for you. Um, and then I work uh, for Scout Fantasy as well, kind of keeping the the site going over there and putting up some content every day. We got a lot of Good contributors over on Scout as well, so definitely check us out there. And what is your Twitter handle, Jacob Gibbs? Uh, Twitter is at Gibbs underscore 23. Still have the ugly underscore in there because I made that uh, quite a while ago. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not, that's <laughs> not good. That's not good. Well, we want to bring on uh, new voices to get some new feedback so it's not just me, Dave, Jamie, Heath all the time, and we want to promote Sportsline. It's a great website. It's got gambling content. It's got DFS. It's got fantasy, seasonal, and DFS. And if you want to get the first month for just $1, use the code HUDDLE. Go to Sportsline.com. Use the code HUDDLE. First month is only $1. Then it rebills at $9.99 a month after the first month, but that is really very, very little. And $1 just to try it out. Sportsline.com. Use the code HUDDLE. So um, before we get to the news and our team needs for the NFC East and the NFC North today, Jacob, you uh, I asked you to give me a few players that you you know kind of like maybe more than anyone else or or whatnot, and you're going to start out with Damian Williams. There was some news about Damian Williams. Quick um, Kansas City GM Brett Veach said it's Damian Williams' job to lose, but you uh, you're pretty high on him right now, huh? Yeah, yeah, let's just jump right in with Damien. I, I know they've been looking at a lot of guys in the draft. There has been a lot of reports of uh, them talking to running backs in the draft. So if they do end up taking a guy in the first three or four rounds, that would obviously change things for Damien Williams. Um, but given what we know right now, it looks like he's going to be the lead back. Veach has uh, has given his trust to him. And we've seen Andy Reid roll with with one back a lot of the times, doesn't use the uh, the dual back as much as some other teams, and uh, Williams was was super effective. Obviously, everyone knows that if you played fantasy last year, uh, but I don't know if people really realize how dominant he was as a fantasy player. Um, in the games that he played, at least 50% of the snaps, this is counting the playoffs, his 16-game pace was 1,000 rushing yards with 16 rushing touchdowns, mm-hmm. which obviously that in itself is tremendous, but what really gets me excited about Williams 
um, is his passing game involvement. That's what he uh, came over from Miami to be. That's the role that we initially thought he would have. And that's, I think, where he really shines. Um, and his 16-game pace as a pass catcher was 75 catches on 88 targets, good for 600 receiving yards and an additional 11 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, obviously, those numbers... So what is wait, that? That's 1,600 about... total yards and 27 touchdowns or something? Yeah, not not a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> Priest Holmes... I mean, it's a six game sample size, so we don't yeah, you don't want to you'll you'll take it with a grain of salt. But um those numbers definitely would have made him the number one running back in fantasy, wouldn't really have even been close. Um and his touchdowns will regress, but I mean he is playing in uh the top scoring offense that was one of the highest scoring offenses in the history of the NFL. Um gonna be led by Mahomes again and Andy Reid, who we've seen has has turned in uh tons of monster fantasy running backs from Brian Westbrook to LaShawn McCoy. Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as long as we don't get um, a running back that seems like a real threat in the draft, I think Damian Williams is definitely uh, something you're going to be looking at in the first or second round of uh, fantasy drafts next year. Uh, Dave, what do you think, second round I, or first round? Where, what do you think about that for Damian Williams? I'm not sure if he's going to eke into the first round, but maybe it happens if and only if the Chiefs don't add anybody else. They're going to add some. Look, they're going to add somebody. They're not going to go in with Spencer. Spencer was a free agent anyway. They might let him go and replace him with somebody younger and someone that has potential to, to help Damian Williams shoulder the load. Here's the bottom line. When you're, when you're drafting Damian Williams, you're drafting a six foot three, 315 pound guy with a big red mustache. And that's Andy <laughs> Reid. And Jacob talked about it. Andy Reid is just known as one of the best play callers and the guy that gets the most out of his running backs. He likes to lean on just one guy. And in this offense in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes making crazy plays with his arm and Tyreek Hill speeding downfield, no running back will see eight in the box uh, on an even semi-consistent basis. It's a real good opportunity. Damian Williams came to Kansas City with good pass-catching chops. He has managed to make the most of the rushing duties he has. He is set up for a very good year. Probably not 27 touchdowns, probably closer to 25 <laughs> or 26. No. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, but he, hey, is, look, I mean, he is, can, is he it could crazy get 20. to say, no, is it crazy to say, Adam, that he's a candidate for 1,500 total yards and over 10 touchdowns? Of course not. I, I don't even think it's crazy to, to think he could get 20 touchdowns. I mean, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley does, right? So if he's going to be the main workhorse in the best offense in the NFL, it's not it's not crazy. How many touchdowns did the running backs, you know what, let's look that up. How many touchdowns did Chiefs running backs score last year? They've been they've been near the top 5 in like each of the past 5 or 6 years cuz I did some some work on Cream Hunt last year and it's it's pretty ridiculous the track record with Andy Reid and rushing touchdowns. Okay. So um, you go ahead and, and talk about your next guy. It's Kenny Galladay. And while you do that, I'm just going to look up and see how many touchdowns those guys combined for, and I'll, I'll come back to it. Do you Kenny want to Gall- include I've, – I've got it in front of me, Adam. Okay. Do you want to include Mahomes' touchdowns? No. Running back Ty- touchdowns. And Tyreek Hill's touchdowns? Running back touchdowns. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's touchdown? The Thir- number is 13. 13 rushing or 13 total? Rushing. Oh, how about receiving? Tack on another nine. That's what I'm talking about. That's, I'm that's sorry, what I meant tack by... on another. I'm sorry, tack on <laughs> another 10, 11. Are we counting the fullback? Sure. Sherman, sausage. Are we, are we, canning, are, are we counting DeAnthony Thomas? Mm, nah. No. 
All right, tack on another one, two, three. <laughs> so what is that? I, I don't. So what is that? Twenty. Twelve receiving touchdowns. Twenty-five total. Thirteen rushing touchdowns. Twenty-five total. I don't think one guy would get all of them. I don't, but you get you get eighteen to twenty. You know what else I'm realizing? Kareem Hunt is such a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Kenny Galladay is another guy that uh, that Jacob wanted to talk about. Yeah, so Kenny G, um, I've, I've been a huge fan of his since he's into the league. I hope I'm not being biased here, but I'm really, really excited for the opportunity he's going to see next year. Um, he ranked ninth in air yards last year, and that was with him uh, not being the number one receiver for at least half of the year. Um, and he was only he was one of just three players to finish with at least 1,500 air yards and still finish with five or fewer touchdowns. Uh, the other two are not traditional red zone threats. John Brown and Jarvis Landry, whereas Kenny Galladay definitely has the size and athleticism to be a red zone threat. Um, he does not profile as the same type of receiver as those two. Um, so that really stood out to me, just going through at first glance and looking at some discrepancies between you know, yardage potential and then touchdown production. And uh, I, I think he really did kind of struggle with some, uh, some 2012 Calvin Johnsonitis. If you remember, that was the year that Megatron had like 1,900 yards but somehow only had five touchdowns. He was tackled inside the five like 10 times or something ridiculous. Uh, but that happened to Kenny Galladay last year. If you owned him or played him in DFS, you definitely know what I'm talking about. He was tackled within the 10-yard line six times while also having multiple touchdowns called back. And so I think with Tate officially gone and uh, Marvin Jones is probably going to be back, but I think Galladay in his third year does take over as a lead receiver there. It is still going to be um, a more run-heavy offense than most under Patricia. Um, but I, I do think there's tremendous opportunity for Galladay, and I think he is legit from a, a talent perspective. So I'm really excited for him. I'm playing Kenny G's greatest hits. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting for the sacks to come in. But you apparently love Kenny G. Uh, yeah, Galladay. Oh, God, so emotional. <laughs> uh, Galladay is really good. And Stafford wasn't very good last year. Galladay had 70 catches, 1,063 yards, and five touchdowns. Dave? How you yes, feeling about man. Kenny Gall- <laughs> How you feeling about Kenny Galladay? We've reached the sultry part of the fantasy football today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, just... Well, like Jacob, I've been a huge fan of Kenny Galladay <laughs> for a long time and saw the skill set coming. I didn't love how he finished last year. Um, very last game of the season against Minnesota, 15 targets. So you think, great, he's going to have a monster game. Six catches for 58 yards. Oh, it's that Minnesota. Be, Nobody does well against Minnesota. That does seem to be the outlier. I yeah. mean, the week before, he caught seven of eight targets for 146 yards. Against Buffalo. And nobody does well against Buffalo. Yeah, and it was in Buffalo, no yeah. less. He, he needs the consistent targets. I think he can get it. I, I believe that Kenny Galladay will be a fine number two fantasy. Let's, let's do a little bit better than that. Top 20 fantasy receiver. You'll, you'll end up getting him before the end of round four. Okay, so let me give you guys some names. Would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Brandon Cooks? It's pretty clearly Galladay for me, but like I said, I might be biased. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not biased, and I'll still say Galladay. Kenny Galladay or Keenan Allen? Ooh. I'll take Allen. Uh, especially in PPR, I feel like that that's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it's definitely. Keenan and, and PPR. I think you can make a case for Galladay and non-PPR just based off upside. You could. It, I think it, I think it really depends on what that receiving core for the Chargers looks like next year. Yeah. 
All right, so the last guy is Chris Godwin. And oh, and by the way, if Marvin Jones does stay with the Lions, there will be plays that will drive you crazy because Marvin Jones at one point was, I believe, leading the NFL in end zone targets and deep targets. Mm-hmm. Definitely the leader for the Lions before he got hurt, and I think he led, I think he led in deep targets more than end zone targets, but it could have been both. Matthew Stafford definitely has some crushing on Marvin Jones. All right, so Jacob, here's what I do on the show. I, I freak out about time. I think we're never going to get to everything we want to get to, and then I tell everybody <laughs> to hurry up. So uh, Chris Godwin's your last guy. Just give me uh, kind of a quick rundown, your thoughts on, on Godwin. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, this one is a little bit circumstantial, just like anything is at this point in the offseason. But if, if Bruce does not actually bring Deshaun Jackson back, uh, there is a big opportunity for Godwin, and we have seen him excel when he does get the chance um, if you take just the games that he's seen at least a 70% snap rate over the last two years, his 16-game pace is 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, and I, I just think with Arians leading that offense, it is going to be even more high-tempo, high-powered, and I'm, I'm really excited to see Godwin get the opportunity to be a full-time player there. Yeah, and let's, let's get Deshaun Jackson out of there, hopefully. Godwin had a touchdown in each of the first three games, four of the first five games, and he disappointed, but... You know, not not a bad season for him. Eight hundred and forty-two yards and seven touchdowns. Just wasn't exactly evenly distributed. Okay, we get to some news and notes now. Uh, quarterback news: The Giants appear set with Eli Manning. Fun little note: Saquon Barkley scored more fantasy points than Eli Manning in six point per passing touchdown leagues. <laughs> Standard scoring, non PPR. So did Todd Gurley, but I didn't think that Barkley would be the highest scoring Giant. Uh, Oakland GM Mike Mayock said he thinks Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback, and it would be difficult to improve at the position with someone other than Derek Carr. What a sentence. <laughs> well, I, I, I sort of... <laughs> I like kind of like three didn't want to plagiarize. Three years ago, what do you think of that sentence? You, what? Uh, you don't think that he's a franchise quarterback, Derek Carr? Uh, three years ago, I don't know if anybody would have said that about Derek Carr, and three years ago, I don't think anybody was going to connect Mike Mayock to the Oakland Raiders. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I don't know that he is a franchise quarterback, but I think Mike Mayock has to say that. And I think, Jacob, you and I, and um, maybe Dave, too, kind of feel like the Giants are going to draft Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I definitely think they should. Um, it's tough to trust Gettleman on, on some of these decisions, and we've seen a lot of buzz even still about them keeping Eli. So who who knows what the Giants are actually going to do? I think, I think he's going to start the season no matter what, Eli yeah. Manning. And this might surprise people, but Eli Manning had a, a career-high completion percentage his third most passing yards, his third best yards per attempt, his fewest interceptions since 2008. But he was only the number 17 quarterback because he threw just 21 touchdowns, tied for the third lowest of his career. I you know, I know everybody thinks I'm a homer. I just think that he might actually be a pretty good option in a two-quarterback league. Nobody's going to want him, and he might surprise people. Um, I've said my piece. Nick Foles will be a free agent. Arizona GM Steve Kimes said Josh Rosen is their quarterback right now. I encourage everyone to read Jason Lockenfora's article about translating GM speak at the Combine. Uh, basically, he just wants people to trade up to that number one spot. That's what Jason Lockenfora thinks. Uh, and Kyler Murray, Dave, he measured uh, just over 5'10", and he has hands, and they measured two. Nine and a half inches. Is that, Nine I don't know and a half inch hands. Is that big, it's- small? No, that's not considered small. But it's pretty, it's, for a quarterback, it's kind of close to small. 
I would say if it was nine and one eighth, I'd say that that's small <laughs> for a quarterback. Okay. I know I, Jacob's laughing, but it it's really true. Some of the best quarterbacks have big old cloppers. Right. Russell Wilson's got huge mitts. Kyler Murray. I'm, yeah, I'm he, just laughing because it's crazy the things that that we'll talk about during the offseason. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. A five ten was good for him. Some people thought he wouldn't measure five ten. He was just over I know, five. Yeah. Look, can he play or can he not play? That's what matters. He's taller than I am. That's sad because everybody thinks he's short, and I'm shorter than, <laughs> than Kyler Murray. Uh, all right, running back news. Sean McVay. So this is big. Sean McVay downplayed Todd Gurley's knee injury, but he also said that monitoring. Gurley's touches, you know, would be on the table to make sure he's healthy down the stretch. Jacob, who's the number one pick in fantasy next year? I think it's Saquon, but um, that that could be my opinion could be changed on that depending who we have at QB going into the year. Uh, who the Giants have at QB? Yeah, you said we. Are you a Giants fan? Ah, uh, no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, Adam's looking for Giants fans. He can't. <laughs> We're out there. So, Dave, what'd you make of this uh, note on Gurley and his workload? It stinks. I think it, I think it cinches Gurley as the not number one overall running back in fantasy. And uh, there, there's going to be a shoe to drop. They're going to add somebody else at running back, whether they bring back C.J. Anderson or who knows what. But it sounds to me like I, I don't think they're going to phase Gurley into a 50-50 role by any stretch of the imagination, but they're going to find somebody to take six or seven touches per game off of Gurley, and if they're playing better than Gurley, then come the fourth quarter, that guy's going to get more work. Uh, than Gurley? In the fourth quarter, yes. If they're playing better than than Todd Gurley, this is where I think we're getting out of hand. You would not say that about Zeke. You would not say that about Saquon Barkley. There is a sour taste left in your mouth by what happened to Gurley down the stretch. And he is, they're not going to, the backup running back is not going to play better than Todd Gurley. Like Todd Gurley is the best running back. What happened late in the year when CJ Anderson was getting more work than Todd Gurley? Well, when Gurley was hurt? Yeah, maybe Gurley was hurt. Or oh, like maybe when Gurley, Gurley was out like or in the playoffs. Like he said himself after, I think it was after the first playoff game, he just sucked out there. And if, yeah, if he knows he's, not he's sucking, be that the bad. coaches know it. He's not I don't gonna... think it's going to happen every week. I just think it's something to... Never. It, it's definitely <laughs> going to be something that separates other running backs from him on draft day. He's still a first-round pick, but he's not number one anymore. I, I certainly have to be more open-minded to that as a the listeners know I'm very much on Todd Gurley number one, but I I uh, I have to be uh, I, I have to I can't ignore the reports. I just don't think that Gurley's getting benched in the fourth quarter ever. But of course I would I would have said that going into the Saints game in the playoffs. Look at what happened there. Right, exactly, and that's the point. Is but that we've seen it? He's he was and hurt. The, he was hurt. I look. I hope you're right, and more importantly, I hope Todd Gurley just plays like we expect him to play and that there's no issue here. If Todd Gurley does what we expect him to do, then he's not sitting in the fourth quarter of a game. He would sit in the fourth quarter of a game if he's got 12 yards on 10 carries to start the game. And the other guy, whoever it is, C.J. Anderson or they draft uh, David Montgomery. That's fun to think about. But David Montgomery comes in. He's got 30 yards on five carries. And McVay goes, hey, i got to win this game. I'm going to ride the hot hand, and just this week it happens to be Montgomery. Okay. If it's 12 carries for 10 yards or 10 for 12, whatever, then I agree. 
Chicago is shopping Jordan Howard, according to Jason Lockenfora. What do you think they'll get for him? What would you give for him? A fourth round pick. You got him. He's yours. <laughs> Enjoy him. Uh, maybe not even a fourth round pick. Hey, well, would you like to take another guess? What would you get? Let's do it again. What would you give for your Tampa Bay? You need a running back. What are you offering the Chicago Bears for Jordan Howard? A fifth round pick and he's all yours. <laughs> Enjoy him. He will be on the next flight. Please have Deshaun Jackson meet him at the airport. He can live at Deshaun's house while Deshaun goes and plays somewhere else. Jacob, let's take he's- a look at wide receiver news. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just acquired Jordan Howard, so I have to figure out what to do with that. But um, the Giants are not averse to trading Odell Beckham, according to Jason Lockenfora. We'll just deal with trade rumors if trades actually happen uh, or if they're a little juicier, I guess. Uh, and Denver will pick up Emmanuel Sanders' option. That was interesting. Uh, what do you make of that, Jacob, Denver picking up Emmanuel Sanders' option? I think Manny's still got it, honestly. Last year was, was definitely a frustrating uh, year for him. Um, but if, if he can get healthy, I, I think that one makes sense. Um, and I think they really have an intriguing uh, receiving core there with the with the two young guys as well. So I'm I don't know. I was excited to see him go back there. When are you drafting him? See, I don't know. I think that there is a chance that he is overvalued just based on name. Um, and I don't know what percentage uh, target share he's going to get. With uh, with Sutton and, and Hamilton there, um, so yeah, that's tough. I would not expect him to go any higher than like the seventh or eighth, right? Right. That's where I'd I'd I think round seven might be that might even be a little too high. I think so too. Yeah, I just I for a guy his age coming off of a torn Achilles with Joe Flacco under center and two other options that are younger at receiver, I I'm I'm not so sure he's he can find 850 yards. Yeah, certainly we want those other guys to step up, and it's hard to see Joe Flacco making two wide receivers trustworthy in fantasy. Um, but well, he yeah. might make zero receivers trustworthy <laughs> if it's a little bit to Sutton, a little bit to right, Sanders, right, a little exactly. bit to Hamilton. Exactly, that's why Sanders is scary. And we, we haven't even talked about the tight end because you know Flacco has a thing for that position. <laughs> Yeah, he's and he, now he's got he's now he's got butt at tight end. How about that, yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay prepared to move on from Deshaun Jackson if he doesn't restructure his deal, according to Jason Lockenfora. See, I, I'm I'm hearing that they want to keep him and that Bruce Arians is enamored with his speed. So I I just think they want him to take a pay cut. I think that's what Lockenfora was saying. And if he doesn't, then he might be gone. Uh, Green Bay seems lukewarm on Randall Cobb. There's a good chance he's not on Green Bay anymore. Cooper Cup on track uh, for training camp as he recovers from a torn ACL. The Cowboys apparently want to keep Alan Hearns and re-sign Cole Beasley. The Bear, the uh, uh, the who are the Bengals? The Bengals, yeah, I said Cincinnati. <laughs> the Bengals are shopping John Ross according to NFL Network, but not according to the Bengals. They said that is not true. And Lock and Four are also reporting that the Eagles are open to trading Nelson Aguilar. They need some wide receiver help. We'll talk about that. Demarius Thomas was arrested for vehicular assault, reckless driving, and driving without insurance. Doug Baldwin had knee and shoulder surgeries. We knew he was playing hurt. Uh, Doug Baldwin or Kenny Galladay, guys? It's Kenny definitely G. Kenny for me, yeah. yeah. Kenny yeah. G. I'm going to take a lot of Baldwin. I'm, I'd probably take Galladay over him, but I think Baldwin has a really good chance to bounce back. But I say that every What round? 
Um, twelve team league. I'm thinking round five, some somewhere in the fifties. What do you think? I, I think that sounds about I right. I think that's fine. Okay. And uh, Robbie Anderson got a second round tender from the Jets, so I guess that means he's going to be a Jet next year. I don't think it's a it's a cinch that he'll be a Jet next year, but probably. Because here's what that means. Do you know what that means, Jacob Adam? You know what that means. <laughs> What's yeah, that if that any team that signs him has to give up a second round pick for him, right? Sure. So if a team doesn't like the receivers in this class and they want somebody with some deep speed, they will sign Robbie Anderson to a nice deal. I don't know if it necessarily even has to be full on market value. It won't be like Antonio Brown money or anything like that. And they've got Robbie Anderson on their squad. Yeah. Well, it'd be certainly we we want him there for Sam Darnold. Anderson was really good at the end of the year, so uh, well, it was Darnold who was really good at the end of the year. Anderson was just right place, right time. And that's what we're hoping for with Jimmy Graham, because apparently as we look at tight end news, Jimmy Graham will be back with the Packers. It's looking that way. And uh, what did he have, two touchdowns this year? Not a very good year for Jimmy Graham. Jacob, do you have any hope that Jimmy Graham can bounce back? Uh, I actually do. Um, like I said, I was looking at some regression numbers, and he was one of the the main names that popped. Um in terms of his his actual production versus uh, the volume that he saw. And then I think the same could be said for Rodgers, who had one of the lowest touchdown rates of his career last year. Um, so, yeah, if Graham's healthy, I definitely think that he could be a value. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, he had nine red zone targets with the, with the Packers last year. I believe he led the NFL in red zone targets the year before. So, he had 10 touchdowns the year before. Yeah, and he did lead the NFL in red zone targets. So, that that I mean, honestly, like, He's not going to put up a lot of yards. He's not going to wow you with athleticism. He just has to catch touchdowns, and he could do it. He just has to throw him the ball in the end zone or near the end zone. And he's got to hold on to it. He does have to hold on to it. That yeah. is part of, the, uh, part of the rules. That's Jimmy Graham. And Jason Witten is returning to Dallas, and I just want everybody to know that he's been a top-10 tight end in PPR in both 2016 and 2017 because he catches 60 passes every year. Only seven, only seven tight ends caught 60 passes in 2018. Now he could finish 10th or whatever, and he will never be on my team because he is a, a boring player, rather stream, but he'll accumulate enough catches, at least based on recent history, to be a top 10 PPR tight end. ESPN have, and Fox have offered contracts to Greg Olson. So, uh, we'll see what Olson decides to do. And I'm going to finish the news with the note that Mike McCarthy is being accused of berating high school basketball officials. God. My how the mighty have fallen. You can't be doing that. I want to get into team needs. I did do a Twitter poll that I hope people are interested in. I, I, I was very surprised by the results. There were two stories that came out last week. Uh, a Tom Brady card sold for $400,000. A Michael Jordan card that was much cooler than the Tom Brady card. Like it was like green and there was stuff like coming out of the ball. Or did you guys see the card? I did not. No. Very cool card. Uh, it sold for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, less than the Brady card. It was not in mint condition though. That was probably the biggest reason. So then I just started to think, let's do a Twitter poll, and it's simple: who's better, Tom <laughs> Brady or Michael Jordan? I was surprised at the results. One of the guys just absolutely destroyed, got 75% of the vote. Really? 75%. Who's better, Tom Brady or Michael Jordan? You guys have I'd say MJ, but I'm a Chiefs fan, so I am not, <laughs> not a fan of Tom Brady. Dave, you're from Chicago, so. Right, so I'm, I'm really trying to let 
not let my bias shine through here. Um, I think Michael was certainly more athletic and um, maybe a little more fun to check out off the court than on the court. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know what it means. <laughs> what, what? So you're both voting. Seven, Michael Jordan got 75% of the vote. Tom yeah, Brady I'm going to say Michael. The best argument was like, Tom Brady's the best football player of all time, right? Michael Jordan, like, I kind of, I think he's number two behind LeBron. Sorry, I do. I do. I, th- oh, those, way- those results aren't surprising, though. People, people definitely stand really hard for MJ. They do. And people don't like Tom Brady. It's, it's a good point. It's a good point. All right, let's get into team needs now. You all think about Tom Brady versus Michael Jordan on your own time. Uh, NFC East, NFC North. Dave gave me the North guys, and Jacob gave me the team needs for the NFC East. And we'll come right back after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So, Jacob, let's start with the NFC East. In alphabetical order. Or did you do it alphabetical order? No, you didn't. Oh, boy. You broke all the rules. My bad. You started with Philadelphia. So they need a backup quarterback. But more importantly, they need they need a lot at the running back and wide receiver. They need to figure out who their number one running back is. Uh, what's your take on the Eagles running backs right now? So they're going to have Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and Josh Adams will all likely be back unless um, one of them is, is a surprise cut. Um, they could go after a free agent like Alex Collins or uh, Kenyon Drake would be somebody that's really exciting to me uh, because he's he's always been – I know fantasy owners aren't going to like to hear that because he's burned so many of us. Um, but he's been really efficient with his touches and his time in, in Miami. He always grades out really well according to PFF and everything, um, but just seemed like Gase did not <laughs> like him for whatever reason. So if he went there, that would be exciting. Uh, but then they, they also could definitely use one of their uh, – they have two second-round picks, two fourth-round picks as well they could use on a running back um, like maybe David Montgomery or uh, Daryl Henderson or two guys that I like quite a bit in this class. So um, definitely a lot of options at RB uh, this offseason, so I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with it. And Dave, quite frankly, I- I'm not going to be too excited about any of those running backs if they if they just stand pat. I know Josh Adams had some good moments down the stretch, but he pretty much needed 20 carries to get there, and he took advantage of some very easy matchups. 
Uh, I don't think he's anything special. And I, there's, I, I don't think I'd draft an Eagles running back right now if we were drafting today, maybe in like the 10th round or something. So I think the certainty is that Darren Sproles will be in the mix. I think the coaches love him. Um, they, they find fun ways to use him. Might only play 20 snaps a game, might touch the ball six, seven times. I think he's going to be part of their formula. They can, they can cut guys and get away with it and find another running back in the draft if they want to. Ajay is a free agent. This is a good running back draft class. I'm, I've been watching these guys. It's what I've been doing. That's the position I started with. And there are some really interesting talents. And I wonder if one of them, um, just happens to catch Philadelphia's attention so much that they take one with a first round pick. Maybe they trade down a little bit in round one and with a late first round pick, they pull the trigger on Josh Jacobs or Damian Harris, one of those guys. Is, I'd be ha- and I'd be thrilled. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's the question. Since you know Sproles is going to have a role, since Doug Peterson's a little annoying with the way he uses running backs, right? How it's how excited philosophy. would you guys be? Well, just because the the track record has been, I'm going to use a bunch of running backs, doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. And I think if they put in the draft capital of a first round pick on a running back, they're going to have to justify it on the field. They can't have Wendell Smallwood start and take. 12 touches a game and then first round pick Josh Jacobs only gets nine carries a game. Not unless Jacobs, you know, turns into a, a plotter, which I don't think is going to happen at all. If, if they don't draft a running back in round one or maybe even round two, then you are going to see the mix and match. Jacob, you want to weigh in? I, I was just going to say, I would be really surprised to see them take a running back early because they have traditionally not invested much in the position. But if they did, um, I think that would definitely be noteworthy. That's it's kind of reminds me of New England where they just never ever spent draft equity on running back and then took Sony Michelle. Um, and as soon as he got healthy, he immediately took over as as the workhorse at least for early downs. Um, so I, I definitely think that we would be worth note. But yeah, outside of an early investment, um, I'm probably not going to be super excited about whoever leads their backfield because it will be split. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys now, and you say that the Dallas Cowboys have to sort out what they've got at wide receiver. What do you want to see them do? So they're almost assuredly going to re-sign Amari Cooper after the uh, the year that he had. Um, I've heard mixed reports on on Hearns um, and Terrence Williams. They could cut those guys to save some money. Um, you said they might want to keep Hearns around. Um, same with Cole Beasley. There was some weird uh, stuff on Twitter about him. Maybe not liking it in Dallas, but they could definitely bring him back. If he did leave, um, that would leave a hole in the slot, uh, which I would like to see them play Amari there more. He uh, he was definitely better in the slot last year as far as uh, yards per route run and everything. But um, if if they don't want to play Amari there and they do want to get a slot guy, I think they could go after somebody like Adam Humphreys or Jamison Crowder. I think Humphreys will be um, fairly highly sought after this offseason. He had a pretty good year last year. Or uh, they could also address it in the draft um, if they're looking for a slot type. I really like Debo Samuels out of South Carolina. Or if you want to go a little bit later, Andy Isabella from UMass um, is somebody that pops in my model as well. So I, I hope they address it i hope they don't just stay pat with the receivers they had last year but um and then obviously they have michael gallup who who played pretty well at the end of the year i'm excited for him yeah what, what do you think about cooper jacob you know uh would you take him or kenny galladay that, that'll be a tough one for fantasy owners well obviously yeah it would depend on what happened uh with the Let, rest let's of, say he's back okay yeah let's say he's back with the cowboys obviously yeah um yeah i i think i would probably take amari before um before kenny galladay i just it seems like there's a little more certainty in his situation <laughs> I agree, and I, I think you can 
lock in Cooper and Gallup into roles in that offense. And yeah, they, they're going to want somebody who can specialize in the slot, but I, I don't think it necessarily means that they're going to have um, a well-defined role. They'll move in and out. I think they're going to look for that versatility. And you mentioned Isabella. I haven't had enough film on him yet, but I do know that he can line up anywhere. They're going to find somebody who's got that versatility, I think, so that they can keep mixing and matching. And Adam, I talked about on our last podcast, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. He will bring creativity to that offense, and that will also come in how they line up, where they line up, et cetera, et cetera. Creativity guys, in the Dallas offense. It's going to happen, dude. <laughs> I hope you're it. right. I hope oh, you're right. It's going to. Yeah, well, I, again, I unfairly maligned. They've done a nice job. But sure, could use a little... A little touch-up, a little creativity never hurt anybody. So the Redskins, Jacob, uh, what's the uh, the biggest team need for the Redskins right now? I think, I mean, the most obvious is quarterback, um, as much as I hate to say that as, a, as an Alex Smith fan. But um, I don't think he's going to contribute to the team at all. Um, Colt McCoy is a solid backup, but I don't think it's ideal as your starter. And they've been tied to a few of these uh, these top four quarterbacks. I would not be surprised if they traded up from 15 to go after somebody like Murray or Haskins, uh, maybe to get in front of their divisional rivals in uh, the Giants. Um, and if they don't, I think they could definitely get Daniel Jones out of Duke or Drew Locke at 15 as well. Um, and I know a lot of a lot of scouts are really high in each of those two as well. Um, they, they got a lot of compensation, um, so they got four compensatory picks. So I would not be surprised to see them use those to move up. Yeah, is there anyone in the Redskins passing game? I mean, they're so boring offensively. But Dave, is there anyone in the Redskins passing game that excites you at all? No. <laughs> yeah, no. It's... I, I can't even make the case for Chris Thompson. You know, Darius Geis, when he's back on the field, I think he can catch passes. Does he count? Or are you just looking at wide receivers and tight ends? No, just You're just receivers. looking at receivers. I mean, Jordan yeah. Reed did do better. Basically, I think he's a cap casualty. It's possible. But basically, as soon as Alex Smith left, Jordan Reed started playing a little bit better, and then he got hurt, of course. Uh, I really hope they don't sign. Uh, they will sign a wide receiver, but the wide receiver free agent class isn't very good to begin with. But if like Tyra Williams ends up there, or Golden Tate, that's going to kill their value, any value yep. that they may have had. And it's going to kill their value because they're not going to be playing with a great quarterback. Uh, this is a franchise in real trouble. They've got so much of their cap space locked up in Alex Smith, who I don't think is a is a safe bet to play at all this year. If they move up in the draft, like Jacob said, and draft Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins, that's even more money that they've got tied up in the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And then it's 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 a it's a rookie quarterback throwing to a retread receiver. I, I think they're headed toward an ugly year unless they can run the ball really, really well. And if they, Geist should be back. It looks like he's on track to to be ready for 2019. The offensive line probably needs some depth, but when their starters are healthy, they're pretty good. They could re-sign Adrian Peterson on the cheap. This could be a team that tries to just grind out wins with the with the run game. And it, and now my mind's racing just a little bit with the idea of Kyler Murray under center because <laughs> now they can do all kinds of zone read and and RPOs with Murray. And Murray can hit defenses over the top to Doxon or something like that. Maybe that's what their plan could end up being if they decide to just, you know, bite a huge bullet in salary cap room. And, you know, you're talking about like $50 million into one position. 
in 2019. Don't know if they're going to do it, but they're, their their off season is going to be fascinating to watch. Oh, or boring. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's most of the NFC East. Then we get to the highest scoring team in the NFC East, sixteenth in points scored, the Giants. I mean, this was not a great division for fantasy. And um, what do you think the Gi- It's funny because the Giants are pretty set at the skill positions, but what do you think uh, their team needs are right now offensively? Uh, their needs are don't trade Odell Beckham because, <laughs> because he's one of the best receivers to uh, come out in a long, long time. But, yeah, I, I think they're going to take Haskins with the sixth pick. I've seen some some defensive players rumored there as well, but I do think that's who they'll go with, assuming nobody trades in front of them to get Haskins. But a- outside of that, they really need help on the offensive line, which is something I was going to mention with Washington too, like – no matter what changes these guys make of the skill positions, if they have a rookie quarterback or Eli behind center and a not competent offensive line, it's just going to be a, another gross season uh, like we saw last year. So I think that's big time for them. Dave, what do you think the Giants need to do? They, they really need to get defense, which is the only reason they might not take Haskins sixth overall. Well, I think they proved last year that if there isn't a quarterback that they're in love with, they're very much at peace at passing on the position. And if they see somebody at number six who they view as a difference maker at a different position, they will take that person, whether it's you know one of these pass rushers that's out there or one of the offensive linemen that's out there. They could. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Gettleman did that and they just table the quarterback decision for another year. I did have one interesting thought. I think I had it last night. What if the Cardinals, who are thin on receiver talent, Offered number one overall for Odell Beckham. Well, they'd have to really I, I, love. Personally, I don't know if that's enough. No, I just don't think that because the Giants aren't. I don't know. It depends how much they like Haskins and if they think they can get him at six. You know, it doesn't seem like they're going to take uh, Kyler Murray. As or right they now. could get Haskins at one, and right. then they can take the best available player at six. And their offense is reshaped, but their offense is kind of heading in a reshape type of direction anyway with well Saquon. if they give up Beckham for the number one pick they would they would in your scenario keep a number six pick correct yeah the, the, the question I guess is really is Haskins going to make it that far in the draft and two months ago it was like well we don't even have a top 15 quarterback now I don't yeah. know, I'm not sure Haskins is going to make it that far or Murray for that matter probably Murray but not Haskins Let's go to the NFC North. Dave, you have the team needs for first, and you thank you for going in alphabetical order like a sane person. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't mind going in non-alphabetical order. It keeps people on their toes wondering so. which team's going to go Who's next. Coming next, yeah, I don't thank know. Thank you, I Dave. <laughs> All right, so you know what? Let's mix it up. Let's start with the Bears. They are alphabetically first, and then after that, you just go crazy. But start with the Chicago <laughs> Bears and and what you think their team needs are. Well, they don't really have a lot of team needs. They're in a very interesting position as well. If you want to talk about a boring offseason, it's not Washington, it's Chicago. They don't have any draft picks until round three. I don't think they've got any major team needs. At wide receiver, they probably need another long-term option. It sounds like Allen Robinson will stick around. They're going to pay him what they owe him this year. I think it's like $10 million for him to stick around. But they're probably going to draft another wide receiver that they hope they can develop long-term. If they do move on from Jordan Howard, and maybe even if they don't, they're going to add another running back. They might need an offensive tackle for depth. But their offense and their defense, really, as long as, as they if they re-sign their guys, they're in great shape. They don't have huge needs. And they can spend their draft picks on best available players to start bulking up depth as best as they can. 
Let me throw out something for you, though. I think they need a running back. I don't think Tariq Cohen is an well, every down back, and I think they no, he's not. Want to get rid of Jordan Howard? So, I think they need a running back. My guess is that they want a running back that's a, that can do a lot of the things that Tariq Cohen can do, but is a little bit bigger. Jacob, your thoughts on the Bears? I was going to say that too, um, just from knowing Nagy and when, when he was in Kansas City, the way that he likes to use running back, I would, I would expect him to want a more complete running back. I think that's why they want to move on from Howard. But other than that, yeah, they are pretty set. Okay, Dave, who's next in the NFC North? Surprise us. All right, let's go with the Detroit Lions. They have on Johnson at running oh, back, but they don't have anybody behind them that's worth a lick. They're going to need to find another running back. Hopefully it's to back up on and not necessarily pair with him. If they, if they draft a guy, then they've got two young running backs that they can mix and match, and that'll be troublesome for fantasy. Carryon really, I thought, proved before he got hurt uh, that, that he can handle a three-down workload. I'm kind of glad he got hurt last year, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't give him a ton of work last year until, what, what was it, like late October, November maybe? He started to get into the flow a little bit more because it took some touches off of him. And now he should be rested and ready to go. I don't believe he had surgery. If he did, then it, I don't think it was very serious. So I, I, I think that they will add a running back. Hopefully it's not somebody that knocks on Johnson down the rankings draft board a little or a lot. Wide receiver, I think they need that too. They just need a third guy. Marvin Jones won't be there forever. Kenny Galladay will. And they need a tight end to go in and compete with mm-hmm. Mike Roberts. Probably somebody who blocks a little bit more than catches. Jacob, weighing in on the Lions? Yeah, I mean, he hit it perfectly. I really hope they don't take away work from uh, from uh, Galladay yeah. or from uh, Carry On because those those are my boys. But yeah, I definitely hope they get a tight end because that is they just basically got zero from that position last year. I don't really have much else to say. We've spoken a lot about Carry On sure. Johnson. Yeah, all right, it's fine. We don't have to. Believe I mean, the it. offensive line also needs a little bit of work, and the def- here's the thing: the defense needs a lot of work. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Matt Patricia went nuts on draft day on defense. And that would, that oh, would I know help what us they out. Need. I know what they need. They need a new head coach. Nope. <laughs> they, will have that. they will have that in 20. They needed a new head coach before they hired him. Yeah. Yeah, break. All right, Dave, what's next? You've gone in alphabetical order so far. Well, I'll just – how about this? I will tell you the need and you tell me the team. Okay. okay. Take a guess on the team. All right. This team is going to need a slot receiver, if not two receivers overall. <laughs> Packers. There you go. Potentially a running back for depth and offensive line depth as well. They're not going to need a quarterback. It sounds like Jimmy Graham is going to be back, like we talked about. But they they did this weird thing last year where they drafted three tall, fast receivers, and none of them were able to really grow in their rookie year. All three of them are going to make the club for training camp We'll see how they progress. If one of them plays well, then they're going to start opposite Devontae Adams. Uh, short of them making a big splash for Antonio Brown or Golden Tate, something like that, Brown would obviously be a huge splash for them. That would be a lot of fun. One of those guys will end up starting, but I think they're still going to attack that position via free agency or the draft and add another body at wide receiver. Jacob, where are you on Geronimo Allison? First four games, he had 64 to 80 yards in all four games. He had two touchdowns, and then he got hurt, and he only played one more game, and I believe he got hurt in that game against the Rams. Um, But I I think people are excited about him. If Cobb's gone, then maybe they think Allison steps up and is pretty fantasy relevant. How about you? 
Yeah, I when Dave was saying that, I wanted to disagree with him just because I love uh, Geronimo and I also love Marcus Valdez Scantling, but like that is definitely where they need to go if they if they don't believe in those guys, and I don't know if they will just because they haven't they haven't shown the consistency that uh, that Rogers might want there. But yeah, I like both those guys a lot. Um, I I actually am a little bit higher on MVS. Um, but I think both of them are definitely uh, sleeper type picks for next year if if they don't make any major moves for receiver this offseason. Right so now, I think they, I think yeah, they'd be ahead. happy with Allison if they just if they went through the offseason, they missed on Antonio Brown, they miss on the free agents and on draft day, they just go in a different direction and, and Allison is the is just the next the best man standing. I think they'd be okay with him as their number two receiver. But I, I'm thinking that they want to try and improve on that spot. There was news about Aaron Jones, what the Packers, you know, said about him. I yeah. thought it was a little conflicting. It was on one hand, it was like, yeah, he's really good. On the other hand, it was like, hey, we need multiple backs. It came from two different people, right? But the message was kind of the same, not conflicting. The GM said he was really good, but he needs to work on his strength and conditioning. And the head coach said, I believe in using multiple running backs. I believe in which Aaron means Jones. on Sundays you're going to see multiple running backs. Yeah, but I, I believe in Aaron Jones. I mean, I let me give you the numbers on Aaron Jones. What he did, um, he had a seven game mid season stretch. In the in those seven games, he only averaged 14 carries and three catches. This is not a, you know an insane amount of touches. 17 per game. He now he scored seven rushing touchdowns in seven games. That's not sustainable. <clears throat> most likely not sustainable, but. I mean, he basically in those seven games was on pace for uh, about 1,600 yards and 18 total touchdowns, you know, top five running back type of play. And he's averaged 5.5 yards per carry two straight seasons, and it seems like the Packers just about every year with Aaron Rodgers produce a running back that has a very high yards per carry. It's just a great situation. I believe very strongly in Aaron Jones. I think he has the potential to be a first-round caliber running back. Give him the keys wow. to the car. He's he's so good. I I, I hope you're right, Adam. <laughs> yeah, he's he I is am. very good. I'd I'd like to see that happen. I just I think it's going to take a Jamal Williams injury or month of suckiness in order for it to really to really hit. But I bet people draft Aaron Jones thinking that one of those two things will happen. That Jamal Williams, oh, they'll get Jamal Williams later on, but he'll he'll stink for a month and they they'll see it coming. Maybe he won't have a great preseason. Maybe they just saw a lot of Jamal Williams when he was splitting carries before. But people are going to buy into Aaron Jones, and I might end up being one of those people too. Not if I can help it. Not if I'm in your draft. Uh, well, so, are you, are you going to take him in round two? I don't think I he's going to go in round two. I think it's justifiable, absolutely. Wow. You just said I, round I, one, right? I think he could. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't take him in round one, but I think that if he gets 17 touches a game, He's a, he's going to be round one caliber player because I think he'll I think he'll be a consensus round three pick provided the Packers don't add something to that position. Here's one more stat on Aaron Jones. So those seven games, right? You, you give, him, give him 16 at that pace, he would have had 222 carries. Really doesn't sound like a lot. He would have also had 50 catches, which is nice, but not amazing. But six of the top 12 running backs in non PPR. Seven of the top 12 running backs in PPR last year had fewer than 222 carries. So it's a, it's a good enough workload, especially with his work in the passing game, about three and a half catches per game in that stretch. Oh no, three catches per game in that stretch. So I, I just think he'd be extremely efficient. 
you, I love running backs and great offenses. You know, it's, it's just it's that simple. So I hope they can feature him enough. 17 touches I've, a game is not crazy. How about this, Cesar? I'll flip it around on you. We'll go two running backs and good offenses. Who are you taking, Aaron Jones or Damian Williams? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I'd have to lean Damian Williams. There we go. That's the right answer. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's pending at this the point. NFL draft and free agency. Yeah. But yeah, right. I'm, now. I'm dropping a Steve Kime for now on that. <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's the right call for now. Well, <laughs> we've only got one team left, Dave Richard. It's the Minnesota Vikings. What do we need? You guessed it without me giving you a clue. Well, they need a quarterback. They need a backup quarterback. Right now, Kyle Slaughter is their backup quarterback. Uh, but Sergeant more Kyle Slaughter? meaningful fantasy news. They need a backup running back. Davis Murray says he wants to be a starter. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, he's going to test free agency, and the Vikings can either draft a guy or they can stick with one of their undrafted running backs that they had last year to mix and match behind Alvin Cook. They want to be more run-friendly, and as long as Cook stays healthy, I think they'll be that. Offensive line is really where it's at for them. That's where you're going to see them attack, both in free agency and the draft. Left guard is an absolute need. Left tackle might be another one, another offensive lineman on top of it. They're they're really going to address that position hard in the next couple of months. Yeah, Latavius Murray was a little bit too involved for my liking last year. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Dalvin Cook get, I don't know, 17, 18 carries a game, something like that. A little bit of involvement in the passing game would not hurt. He actually, you know... When he came back, Dalvin Cook did a really nice job in the passing game. He ended up with uh, 40 catches in 11 games, but uh, I think he's I think he's better than that. At, think, at the beginning of the year, before he got hurt, he was like leading the league in uh, in routes run among running backs. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's why I mean, Jacob Gibbs like is on. And a half or something, but <laughs> Jacob Gibbs, ladies and gentlemen, with that with that knowledge, I love it. Uh, Jacob, let's read some emails. Let's read some. Emails. We got All a right. lot of them uh, to get. I think. Maybe on our next show, we'll probably get some more emails. But uh, Mark from a city in North Carolina, Dave. Chapel Hill. Oh, okay. Dear Kemba, Cam, DJ, and Miles. Oh, man. Are those Tar Heels? No. I mean, the only no, Kemba not. I know they're not. is Kemba Walker. Yeah, he was right. on and he UConn. plays for Charlotte. He was yeah, on he UConn. Cam and DJ play for Carolina. And Miles is, of course. Miles Bridges plays for Charlotte with Kimba. Like, I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, see, that's why we have a basketball guy on. <laughs> Mark's question, 10-team, two running back, three wide receiver, keeper league. Would you keep McCaffrey in the second round, Gurley in the second round, or Tyler Boyd in the 15th round? I'm, I'm going to pick Gurley in non-PPR. And uh, I think I will probably go for McCaffrey in full PPR. We, he didn't say which one it is, right? He did not. Yeah. Both of those guys are first-round picks, so it's great value either way. Uh, passing up Tyler Boyd in the 15th round is worth it to keep one of those two studs. Okay, next email is from Marty from Miriam Park, Miriam Park in St. Paul, Minnesota. Very specific. He says, Dear Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Oh, Dewey Cheatham Howe. That's a, okay. It's a three. Dewey Cheatham and Howe. Yeah, right, right. Okay. This is a Three Stooges <laughs> thing, which I had to look up, but I still didn't get it until I just said it out loud. Uh, tw- Alil Dabble <laughs> Uh, a 12 team standard scoring keeper league. 
Can you help me come up with ideas slash reasons to get the commissioner to change one of the rules? The league used to allow in-season trading of future draft picks, but for two years in a row, teams that considered themselves out of the running tried to fire sale their team for future draft picks with limited success. For example, Julio Jones for a future 2018 second-round pick, which ended up being pick number 14. As a result, the commish banned in-season trading of future draft picks. I've talked to him, and he is open to the idea of allowing in-season draft pick trading. Does not want people to give up on their teams. Can you help me come up with rules or consequences for finishing last? We are not really a group that is <clears throat> up for public humiliation, so nothing in that realm, please. So I'm in a keeper league that allows future pick trading, and the rule is that if you trade a future picks, you have to put a down payment on next year's draft. <clears throat> so hmm. To make sure you That's come it. back? Right. Yeah. Or someone else will get your team at a discounted rate. Oh. If you if you bail on the team. Okay. Did he say that people were were bailing? What was the real problem there? Uh the real problem is that... I bet it's that people think that the trade of Julio Jones for a future second round pick was unfair because it made the team that got Julio better now. Yeah. And the compensation was debatable. I some think he people, doesn't want he doesn't want really... owners to tank. I think that's what it is. He doesn't want owners to tank for next year by trading away their good players. It happens in my keeper league with at least three teams every year, and uh, it's it's never been a, a real problem. The guys want to keep playing in the keeper league. Everybody wants to win it, and when these teams realize that they can't win it, they'll do what they can to start winning next year. Okay. You, uh, they, they could have some sort of, I know some leagues have like a loser's bracket and the first pick the following year actually goes to like the winner of that yes, bracket. That actually happens in my, are you in this league with me, Jacob? What's going on? <laughs> like, are you a secret owner? I, I think you know, cause I would have won. Um, oh. so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think they could, they could maybe do something like that if they're against the public humiliation type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's up to the people in the league. Like, if you don't want people trading future assets, then maybe don't play keeper league. I don't know. All right, I mentioned uh, that this is a good time to get your emails in, and that's true. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. So next week, either our Monday show or our Thursday show, we will do a lot of emails. May, uh, probably more likely our Thursday show. But don't think that I'm ignoring your emails. I promise. If you send them in, you have a very good chance to get it read on the show, or I will reply personally to you. So fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Uh, I, uh, I have a, uh, an audition for the Monday Night Football gig that I have to get to. Wish me luck, everybody. And, Jacob, thanks for coming on, man. It was great to have you on. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Jacob Gibbs, please go to sportsline.com, everybody. Get the advice from Jacob and our other analysts, uh, and use the promo code HUDDLE for $1 for your first month. That's Dave Richard and Jacob Gibbs. I'm Adam Azer. Dave? Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na.